0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Daily Living. Welcome to my morning podcast. Today is another wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, beautiful day. Today is Thursday, April 29th, 2021. And this is the day that the Lord has made. I don't know about you, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad that I'm alive living in it. Today, you know what? We're going to talk about those idols in our lives. You guys know, I got to know, I got to know, I got to know. But first, we're going to pray. I need to know what is the idols. We got to tear down. We're going to destroy some strongholds. We're going to tear down those idols. We're going to tear down those idols. Um, today is another word of deliverance and inner healing but first, we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Father. We surrender our heart. We surrender our will, our way to you. And we say, be Lord of our lives. Lead us, guide us, direct us. Give us your wisdom, Father. We thank you for our of word. We thank you for watching over your word. And performing it in our lives for, for it will not return void, but it accomplish those things we're into a descent. And so, Father God, as I speak Your Word, I send Your Word into the hearts and minds of the, those who are listening, Father God, so that the, for this purpose will the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy stronghold mindsets. So, um, Father God, we just thank you that as we can, our, as we continue in your, your Word, we are Your disciples and Your truth. Us knowing the truth will set us free from a devil's lie. And we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. We give you praise right now, Father, because today is a new beginning. Today is another day. And we thank you for this day, for our new beginning. And we say, Lord, as we yield our members to you and acknowledge you in all our ways, we thank you, Father God, for directing our path. Okay, you guys, are y'all ready? Are you ready? Get ready, get ready, get ready. Because today we're going to deal with those idols that are in our lives. How many of you know that when Jesus, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? How many of you know that uh, whenever God is not, whatever's taking the place of God in our lives becomes the God of our life? I got to know, I got to know, I got to know what is taking the place of God in your life? And and I like to tell people that when we say we don't have time for the word, what we're saying is we don't have time for God because the Bible tells us that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among men. So God and his word is one. So what is it that's in the place of God that's keeping us from ha- not having time for God? <laughs> Whatever it is that's in the place of God, is our God and that's our idol there's no condemnation though because remember there's this is about correction not condemnation God is loving on us when he's correcting us so we can be delivered and set free so we can because every time we get delivered we grow we grow enough from faith to faith glory to glory we got to press through uh those mindset strongholds tear down those um thoughts and all those imaginations that exalts itself against the knowledge of God this is what I'm telling you I am the main subject of my own life story we are the work it's not about trying to change our husbands our kids or anyone else but what we need to say Lord here I am it's me It's me, Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Show me me. Um, So I can be free. So we can just continue to move forward. Going from faith to faith and glory to glory. And every time we get a rhyme of word, we jump over a hurdle. How about that? So today, we're running our race, and we're going to jump over another hurdle, and we're going to tear down those mindset strongholds. So we're getting ready to begin again. It says... um. Colossians 1 and 8 says Christ is also the head of the church which is his body. He is the beginning the supreme or the first place over all who write rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Christ has to be first in everything. Christ is over the church. Christ is supposed to be over the man in the marriage. Christ is supposed to be over us. He's supposed to be, it's supposed to be his will, his way. But There's no condemnation. But when we put self in the center, we become a God unto ourselves and expect others to do what we want. Mm. Isn't that worship? (laughs) You know that when we put self in the center, you know, I'm going to come to where some of us can relate. Some of us, um, um, we have self in the center because we're upset because our husband won't do what we want them to do. Isn't that self-worship? Isn't that idolatry? Um, the, James tells us, he said, that's what that's what, what's causing all the fuss and in the fighting. Because we're not getting what we want. What's causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? James 1 tells us, he says, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. That's covetousness. But you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want. Because you don't ask God for it. And even when you actually don't get it because your motives are wrong. They're all wrong and you only want what's going to give you pleasure. When life is just about us, that's when we become the God of our own lives. That's when we become an idol. Uh, I'm upset with you because you're not doing what I want you to do. But how many of you know it's not about trying to get people to do what we want to do? Because we're not God. <laughs> it's about praying for others so they can come into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ or come up under submission to the Lord Jesus Christ so he, they can do what God wants them to do. I'm nobody, we're nobody's God. So I, I did a video once and it says, Are you still angry about other people's issues? Why are you angry about how they are? Maybe it's because we can't control how they are. I just don't like what they do. Well, God, there's a lot of things that we do, God don't like either. Remember, there's no condemnation. Hold up, wait a minute. I'm telling you, before this is over, your soul is going to be made whole. We're going to be delivered and set free. That's what this is about. It's growing from faith to faith. Just know this: this is going to be another hurdle that we're going to be jumping over. So when we, um, when we, when self is in the center, uh, we're not getting along with our spouse because we can't get what we want. Oh, they're so cruel and they're so mean to us. It's it's not about us. You want your my prayer is Father, let my husband love you, um, more than me. Let my husband fall in love with you, Jesus. Let my husband fall in love with you, um, and even in that is because uh, it, it's so at the end of the day, so he can have a, a working relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's it's about him having a working, a loving, kind relationship with Jesus Christ, and when we have the love of God in our heart, it, that's the thing that comp- propels us, compels us to want to go and tell others. About our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But when you just want your spouse to get saved so you, know, you can live happily ever after, that's not the right motive. Um, you want someone to get saved so they can go and live and be with Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about them serving us. We're not the God. We're not the idol. It's not about us trying to get our way. It's about God getting his way. So are you mad at your spouse because they're not doing what you want? Ooh, I got to sit there for a minute. No condemnation. condemnation. Not just your spouse. Are you mad at somebody because they didn't do what you want? But my my question is, when did we become God? Jesus said, uh, he is Lord. We must make Jesus Christ Lord. It's not about trying to get people to do what we want. Our prayer, even in our prayer, we can't be manipulative with our prayers. They're not going to get answered anyways. We we need to pray the will of God for people's lives, not our own will, not witchcraft prayers. Oops, excuse me. We're supposed to pray the will of God for a person's life, not our will. So we can try to manipulate their will, so they can again uh, always coming back to what we want. Woe is me! That victim mentality. That victim mentality puts us in a seat of idolatry, because it makes us feel like we're not getting what we deserve. We're not getting what we want um, John 3 and 30 tells us that Christ must uh, we must decrease so c- Christ can increase um, John 3 30 NLT says we must become greater he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less that's the NLT version but the King James said we must decrease so God can increase It's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about us trying to have our way. It's not about people worshiping us. It's not about people having a false sense of obligation to us because we've done something for them. Um, What we need to do, the Bible said that whatever we do in word or deed, we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ, right? It says when Christ is not first in our life, there is... There's an idol or a God in his place for whatever takes the place of God in our lives, become the God of our lives. Who are you seeking worship, honor, and praise from your spouse, children, friend, or the praises of men? When Jesus is our Lord, we do and say what he want and not what we want. And so the, the way too, we could tell when we're sitting on the seat of idolatry is when we do do something for someone and they don't say thank you, oh, I'm so offended. Well, we we offend God all the time. How often do we give God? We wake up in the morning, and don't even acknowledge God. There's no condemnation. Hold on, wait a minute. We finna get free up in here. Hold on, I'm telling you, hold on, because the good news is is that today is another day and we get to do what God say. We finna get delivered up in here today. Okay, so um, when we have that, how dare them? Not say thank you. How dare them? But we don't say <laughs> God. This is why we have to do things as unto the Lord. We can't. We gotta quit taking everything personal and making it about us. You know, remember Ephesians uh, six and twelve tells us that um, we're not even wrestling against flesh and blood people. And when we can get a revelation of Ephesians six and twelve, we'll quit taking everything to heart. We'll quit taking on the offense, and we'll quit making everything about us because everything is it's not about us. Okay. Um, but we we offensive to God all the time. Okay? So, um, when we want the honor, and we want the praise, and we want the recommend, and we say things like, um, we say things like, um, I did all of this. I did this for them, and I did that for them, and I did this. You know, when we're, when we're the God of our lives, we have a sense of self-entitlement. Mm. When we become a God unto ourselves, we have a sense of entitlement, which is pride. Isn't that what Satan said? I will exalt myself. But we got to get the eyes out of our lives because the eyes in our lives cause us to be the God of our lives. And that's idolatry. And when we're not doing what God wants and we're doing what the world wants, he calls us adulterers. Because he said, you know what? To be friends with the world is to be an enemy of God. He said, oh, you adulterers you know, God, don't you know that God is a jealous God and he'll have no other gods before him? Are you the God of your life? When we exalt our will above God's will, we become the God of our own lives. But Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? He said, I'll show you, a good tree cannot bear good fruit. I mean, evil fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear evil fruit. Right? Um, So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? I'm going to tell you what a, the man who does what I say is like the man who plants who builds his life on the rock. And the man who don't do what I say is like the man who built his house on the sand. So uh, when we um when we're not doing what God is saying, we're building a house on sand. And so um then we can't figure out why everything is falling apart. That's because we're not we didn't build our house on the rock. We didn't build our house based upon the uh, the principles of God. We didn't build our marriage on the principles of God. We had our own. We was our own God. We had our own ideals, and so we exalt our ideals. When we exalt our ways above God's ways, when we exalt our thoughts above God's thoughts, uh, we become a god unto ourselves. That's idolatry. Because we're worshiping anything, when we're worshiping our way above God's way, when we're worshiping our will above God's will, we be, we're we worshiping, we become gods of our own selves. It's not about trying to get people to do what you want. It's not about trying to get people to do what I want. It's about praying the will of God for people's lives. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about what what does the will of God say about the, our children? What does the will of God say about our marriage our friendship relationship just how to treat people how to love people that's the God's word is his will and that's that's what we need we got to pray the will of God not our will be done um, but we want God's will to be done in uh in uh in our lives and in other lives um when uh, when Jesus is our Lord we do we when Jesus is our Lord we do and say what he wants not what we want That means uh, a soft answer turns away wrath. That means um, we got to pray, bless those that curse us. We got to pray for those that spitefully use us. That's when we're doing what God wants and not what we want. But when we have that self, uh, uh, when we become a God unto ourselves, let's go back to this self-entitlement. Because we do it after all I've done for them. That's self-entitlement. That's self-entitlement. When we become a God unto ourselves, we have a sense of self-entitlement. We become self-righteous and talk about all the good things we have done for others. As if our goodness and gifts didn't come from God. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Father, forgive us right now. Because we've all been guilty of this. After all I've done. Look what they did in the end. After all I've done. What is it? (laughs) 1 Corinthians 4 and 7 English Standard said, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? This is why I say anything good you see about me is because of God. <laughs> it is his spirit that willeth me to even cause me to want to do good. It's the spirit that willeth us to want to do good. It's the spirit of God in us <laughs> that even causes us to want to do good. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So why are we trying to make people feel like they're obligated to us? This is why it's so important to do what Colossians tells us to do. That whatever we do in word or deed, for us to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we do things as unto the Lord, we won't have that sense of entitlement. And whether they say thank you or not, which they should, but how many of you know it's not our responsibility to control or try to manipulate anything or anyone? But I'm telling you, when, we, when we're getting angry, it's because we're not getting something that we want. <laughs> James tells us, where does all this fight and war come from? Does it not come from your own evil desires that war is against you because you're not getting what you want? So when I, get, when I start feeling anxious and all this kind of stuff, I, first thing I ask myself, because, you know, we judge ourselves, you know, um, so I say to myself, what is it I want? Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I f- starting to feel angry? Why am I starting to feel frustrated? It's something that I want. <laughs> what is it that we want? Gratitude, a word of thank you, a word of praise, a word of worship, a word of honor. I'm telling you, when we do it as unto the Lord, when we do we'll understand that our reward is gonna come from him. So James 1 and and 4 says... when he was talking about what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you, don't don't they come from your own evil desires to within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. That's covetousness. He tells us not to do that. But you can't get it, so you fight and war, wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it. Because <laughs> God don't play our manipulative games. Because he, see, God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outside. So he knows in our heart that we're asking for what we're asking for, for the right reason or for the wrong reason. So he said, You're not getting it because you don't want it for the right reason. You just want it to spend on your own pleasures because all these evil desires. And then we're going to go down to four, James 1 and 4. He says, You adulterous. Oh my God, he called us adulterous. When we act like that, he said, He called us adulterous. He said, Um, Don't you realize that friendship with the world make you an enemy of God? Lord Jesus. I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate and the the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace um, generously. So God is saying that when we're coveting after things of the world when we done made ourselves a God unto ourselves he said you adulterer you done departed from me you done left your first love instead of seeking after me now you're seeking after the things of the world and this is why Jesus said I need you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because when we're not seeking after the things of God we're seeking after the things of the world which means we done left our first love we done ran off from our our father God and now we are here committing adultery with the world we're trying to get our needs met through the, this world system. We're not seeking first the kingdom of God. We're not asking God for his wisdom. We're not asking God to give us wisdom to get, the, because he said he gave us the power to get wealth. Where How many of us are asking God for witty inventions? How many of us are asking God for his wisdom so he can show us how to get the power to get the wealth? No, so we sit down and we, Think of our own thing. We say, God, I'm gonna put you over here on the shelf on this one because you can't identify with this. I can trust you over here in this area, but I got this, God. I'm gonna go about it my own way. I'm not even gonna seek your counsel. I'm not even gonna acknowledge you. I'm not even gonna see if this is okay. Not knowing that when we're chasing after things that and God we didn't consult with God to see if they what he wants us to do, it can be a good thing. But if it's not a God thing, it's designed to lead us astray and to lead us away from God. And God said, you know what? I need you to acknowledge me in all your ways. But see, in order for us to acknowledge God in all our ways, he has to be Lord of our life. And Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? There's no condemnation. Hold up. Wait a minute. Stay with me. Because I'm telling you, in the end, we're going to get delivered. So do we exalt our will above God's will? Do we exalt our will above others' wills? Do we have that sense of self-entitlement? That when we do something for someone, they, we, it, we on the inside, really, we can say what we want to, but God, he sees our heart. On the inside, you could tell when people have a sense of entitlement because that's what we say. We don't all said it before. After all I've done for them, as good as I was for to them. Who are you? Who are we? What is it that we have that didn't come from God? It was his spirit that even caused us to want to do the right thing. So have we become a God unto ourselves? Maybe. Have you ever thought that just maybe they saw God working through you and they went on to praise God instead of praising you? Now, does that make you feel some kind of way? Because they up here praising God for something um, that he used you to do. You, We don't deserve the honor and we don't deserve the praise. All honor, glory and praise belong to the Lord. So who are we? So the next time we find ourselves saying, after all I've done for them, I've been nothing but good to them. Who are you? Even the good that you have, even the good we have came from God. Who are we? Our goal is that people find Christ. Not that they take us and make us Christ. God said, I'm a jealous God. He said, when we chase after the things of the world, when we become a friend of the world, we become an enemy of his because he told us to seek first him not the things of the world the things of the world is going to take us away from the things of of God we don't have time for the the W-O-R-L-D because we're so busy chasing after W-O-R-L-D there's no condemnation because today is another good day because today we get to tear down those idols in our lives are you the God of your own life? Are we the God of our own life? We are the God of our own life when we exalt our will above God's will. When we don't acknowledge God in all our way and we just go our own way, we become the God of our own life. When we exalt our will above God's will, isn't that what Satan did? I will exalt myself. He wanted to exalt himself. And the reason a lot of us have been brought low is because that's what pride does. Because that's what pride is. When we don't see a need for God, we get into pride. So the Bible goes on to say that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble, our, we must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Then we can resist the devil and he will have to flee from us. He said, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, center and purify your heart. So what he said, God, so when we exalt our will above God's will, that's being pride. And God is resisting us. God is not going to help us to do anything outside of his will. So yes, we've been redeemed from the curse, but we open ourselves up to the curse. When we uh, go outside of the covenant. When we go outside of... Of the covenant, We do what we want to do because it's, the devil is on the other side. He said the wise man, he builds his marriage, he builds his family, he builds his life on the principles of God. And I don't mean just knowing the scriptures. I'm talking about being the doer because he says the doer of the word is blessed, not the knower, not the hearer only. The, there, the, there's areas in our lives we really need to take that and look at this. And we can compare natural things to spiritual things to see that maybe... It's falling apart because it was built on sand and not the rock. Maybe this is why I got all this chaos. Now, there's times when we suffer and we're suffering for righteousness sake. We're going to suffer for righteousness sake. Jesus suffered. and He was perfect in all his ways. I'm not talking about suffering for righteousness sake. I'm not talking about for suffering for doing the right thing because it's better to suffer for doing good than evil. I'm talking about when we're suffering because of the wrong and the bad choices that we're making that's contrary to God. And when we don't acknowledge God in all our ways, we become the God of our own life because what we do is we exalt our will above God's will. And we say, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to. How many of you know that he told King Saul that rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft? And this is why. Because what we're doing is when we exalt our will above God's will. We're saying, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Because that's witchcraft to get what I want. I'm going to do it my way. I'm, I'm going to do things my way. I'm not going to do things your way. I'm going to do what I want to get what I want. Isn't that what Sarah and Abraham did? They created an Ishmael. Because they was going to get what they wanted. They didn't get it with God, but they, they went about it their way. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is death. It's your way god's way or is it mama's way did you where'd you get that from where you get your idea of marriage from looking at mom and daddy looking at tv we have these preconceived ideas of what marriage looks like and so then we go into them and then we're all frustrated because this man is not doing what in our mind they were supposed to do is it's your thoughts god's thoughts or your own thoughts and, and also, uh, women, I want to say this to you. Your husband is not your project. We're the main subject of our own life story. So it's about me getting, here I am, Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. It's about, uh, instead of trying to make fix everybody else, why don't you let God fix you? Husbands, your wife is not your project. Instead of trying to fix her, why don't you let God work on you? Because uh, even the good that we do, don't let the good that we do make us self-righteous. And cause us to look down on others. Are you a god unto yourself? Are you a god unto yourself? Are you looking? Are you looking for your others to to uh, uh, to uh, confirm you, to uh, to praise you, to give you your worship, to give you your thanks, to cause you to feel like you're valuable, to cause you to feel like you're somebody? That stuff comes from God the abnomission, all that stuff comes from the Lord you, are we hungering for the praises of men or do we want the praises of the Lord are we men pleasers or God pleasers, when we're men pleasers we're going to become a God unto ourselves, because in order to please people, you got to do what you want you got to do what they want and not what God want, because when we make people our God, then that's another form of idolatry too because now we're serving the people instead of serving God. Who are you making sacrifices for? Jesus is the lamb that was slain. He, he became the lamb that was, uh, he was our sac- he is our sacrifice. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, Revelation tells us. So who are you making sacrifices for? Jesus already made the sacrifices. The Bible said that our life is hid in Jesus Christ. The only somebody that we should be surrendering and loving with all our heart, our mind, our spirit, our our soul, and our strength is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after we've done all of that, then he goes on and say, love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because he's saying, I need you to love them. When we can love God, we can love people like God because the love that we have for God. So this is why we have to love him first. Love him with all our heart. In all our mind. And what we need to do instead of setting our affections and our emotions on ourselves. Oh, poor me. You know, the victim mentality, that's idolatry worship. Oh, poor as me. I am the look what they did to me. Look what they did to me. Me, 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 me. You know what? What did I'm not downgrading it or belittling? It. Things really do happen. But I'm trying to get us to look at it at what the enemy takes it and use it for. I'm not belittling the fact that things happen. I'm just saying that when the devil, he wants to take what we go through and he wants us to take it and make it about us. What you go through is not who you are. It's something that happened to you. It's not who you are. It's something that happened to you. But the devil wants us to think that what happened to us is who we are. So we can begin to see ourselves in that way. And that's what causes the victim mentality. But the devil is a liar. Because uh, we are heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. And what happened to me is not who I am. It was something that happened to me. It's kind of like it was their sin. Their sin against you. That's what they did. It's their thing. Yes, what they said was really true. And what what they did was really what they did. But the thing is, we have to understand that's all the abundance of a man's own heart that his mouth speak. So what he did... Was coming out of what was inside of him. So guard your own heart. Because out of it flows everything that you do. Out of it comes everything that you say. Because out of the abundance of a man's heart. His mouth is speaking. So if we want to know what's inside of us. All we got to do is looking, listen to what's coming out of us. So uh, I'm acting evil. Because my thoughts are evil. Roman Romans says yesterday. Because we act on what we believe. So are you the God of your own life? Are you angry at your husband because he's not giving you what you want? Isn't that worship? Even, you know, the Lord said, bro, even when you're married, I have to always be your main source. Because I have no other God before me. Because I'm the one who gives him the power to get the wealth. You have to look to me for everything. When we take our eyes off Christ and start looking at anything else as our provision, as our provider, as our source, as our comfort, as our peace. When we start going outside of God to try to bring substitutes in. Oh, I do this because it caused me to have peace. Then that's your God. Because God said I'm your peace. Let's try stop trying to have substitute gods and just let make Jesus our Lord because our life is hid in him. And we are complete in Christ. We're looking for other gods. We're taking other people and taking other things and put them in the place of God say, oh, I have peace when I do this. Oh, I have joy when I do this. Jesus said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God said, I am your peace. I can't have peace because of how they're acting. That's not what that is. That's because you done took that person and made that person your God. God said, if you keep your mind stayed on me, I'll keep you in peace. In this world, we're going to have some trouble but if you keep your mind stayed on me see. but what happens is we, when we get in trouble we take our mind off God and when we take our mind off God that's why we don't have peace <laughs> so what we do is when we take our mind off God when the trouble comes then we start looking for peace in other things peace in other people peace in drugs, peace in alcohol, peace in food whatever it is whatever takes the place of God in our life becomes the God of our life are you the God of your own life? Do you have a sense of entitlement? Do you feel like people owe you because of how good you were? But once again, once again, what is it we have that we did not receive? When we do our good deeds, let's do it unto God and not unto men. Our praises will come because our praises is going to come from him. God rewards obedience. He said um, he reward those who diligently seek him. And when we do that. We won't feel as if anyone owes us anything. Because our motive. Our heart motive was. So that God could get the glory. Not we get the glory. You see the difference. When you do something for somebody. And you have a sense of. We have a sense of entitlement. We didn't do it out of a heart from God. We didn't do it as unto God. Yes people should say thank you. But even if they don't. That's with them. People can't control other people. That's why in this world we're going to have trouble because people can't control other people's behaviors. Sometimes you're just affected by other people's storms. When Jonah got in the boat, the sailors was affected by what was going on in his life because they had become a part of his life. But when they put, the proverb, say, if you put the one out that's causing the contention and the strife, the contention and the strife will leave. That's Proverbs. Sometimes you got trauma because of other people. Sins and other people's issues. This is why a wise man chooses his friends carefully and be careful who you yoke yourself up to because how can two walk together except they both agree? Amos 3 and 3. In order to fellowship with someone, the Bible proverbs say, Hang will evil become evil, hang wise become wise. How is this? Because in order to fellowship with someone, you have to come into agreement with the spirit that's on them. Because how can two walk together except they both agree? So, in order for me to walk with you as as um fellowship with you, uh, uh and knowing that you're not trying to do the right thing, you don't want to do the right thing, uh, somebody's gonna compromise. This is why it's not good to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever, because somebody's gonna to have to compromise in order to have any type of uh fellowship. You can't fellowship with somebody who's going in the opposite direction, who's serving a different God. Though you may have uh, natural things in common, that's not going to be enough because that's not a wise man. Because a wise man builds his house on the rock. We don't build our lives on fleshly, uh, fleshly things. We got to build our lives on godly things. The word of God, the will of God, that's how we build our foundation. When our life is built on Jesus Christ, when our life is built on the rock, when our life, that's a wise man who has built his house on the counsel of God. And when we do that, God becomes the referee. His word, in other words, that's when he becomes Lord. And his word has the final say-so in our lives. But when we go outside of the word of God, we go outside of the will of God to get the things that we need. We don't seek first the kingdom of God. He said, oh, you adulterer. Don't you know to be friends with the world is an enemy of God? I told you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. He has already promised to add unto us. Hold on. Wait a minute. I want to ask you. Let me tell you what he says in John 3 and 3. Well, let's go back to Luke 10 and 27 English standards. And he and he says, uh, so what's the solution? Better yet, let me start here. What's the solution for idolatry worship? How do we, how do we uh, take ourselves off the throne of our own lives? Or how do we take other people off the throne of our lives? How do we destroy idol I worship a lot of times we think of idolatry we think of golden calves and things like that but when we it, when we exalt our will when we consider the, the world's way better than God's way uh, God said you're an adulterer because you pick what they say over what I say I'm a jealous God no man can serve two masses I'm a jealous God I have no other gods before me so things aren't working right in our lives sometimes because we're serving the wrong God. Yes, we go to the building. Let's do away with this religious tradition. You know, Jesus told the Pharisees, to say, you know what? You clean the outside of the cup. But the inside is filthy. It's like Dead Man Bones. It's filthy. We, we can have these form of godliness, but we're going to have to let God go on the inside of the cup. It's good that the outside look good. And people who can't discern, they'll be fooled by that. But the ones who can see and know and can discern, they're going to be able to see and they're going to know but when God let us see something and God let us know stuff through the revelatory gifts it's not to crush or condemn someone it's to restore them so when God shows you something or you see something say okay Lord what do you want me to do with this because see God is a god of purpose and everything he does he does for a purpose on purpose and with a purpose so he's not just doing stuff so you letting you know stuff just so you can know. He's, he's letting you know stuff maybe it's so you can pray about it uh, or maybe it's so you can say something to him about it let him that's mature if you see a brother or sister in fault let him that is mature a mature believer because a mature believer is one who walks in love is not going to crush this person and break their spirit you see so uh, sometimes it's just so you can pray about it like I said But every time when God shows you something, say, okay, Lord, what you want me to do with this? Because God is a redeemer. So even if he's correcting us, let's remember it's because he's loving us. He's trying to protect us from the evil one. Our God is a good, good father. He really is. And the same way you have compassion for your children, God has compassion for us. And so let's go on here. So uh, Luke 10, 27 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself, because we cannot love our neighbor as ourselves until we first learn to love God. First John 4 and 16 says, and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confessed that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. How has we come to know and believe the love that God has for us? Because we believe that Jesus, uh, for God so loved us that He gave His only Son Jesus to die for us. And so this is the confidence that we have. That's the proof of God's love for us. That when we were yet sinners, He still died for us. So when we can have, when we when we have, um, when we can know and believe the love that God has for us, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. And by this is our this is how our love is made perfect. This is how our love is made complete. So that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has to do with torment. This is what this verse says. First John 4, 16, um, all the way to 19. I was reading the English Standard Version. So this is the, this is how we know um, that God loves us. Because he proved his love for us, right? And so when we abide in God's love, then God abides in us. And But that's the testimony. That's the receipt. That's the proof that he loved us. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. That God is love. This is what the scripture says. 1 John 4, 16. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And so when we're abiding in love, we can't, we can't, uh, idolatry is not going to have any place in our lives because it's not going to be about us trying to get what we want. It's not going to be about us being angry at our husband because they're not doing what we want. They're not fulfilling our every need when God never created a man to do that. When they're not, uh, when we don't feel complete, God said we're complete in Him. God said, my, your life is hid in Jesus Christ. Set your affections on things above. Set your emotions on things above and not things below. Because when we get off into this natural realm, that's when the devil can use our emotions for triggers. We need to be healthy. Healthy on the inside. We need to be healthy on the inside. We do exercise. We take our vitamins. We eat right. We do all these natural things for our natural body. But on the inside, we need to be healthy. On the inside, we need to have a healthy heart. Our heart must be pure. And when our heart is filled with God's love, that's a pure heart. That's a good ground heart. Therefore, when we pray for our husbands or pray for our kids or pray for others, our motives will be God's motive. And a lot of times, um, we don't have the love of God in us. Because we're not convinced of his love for us. We say, yeah, I believe John three sixteen. I believe that for God so loved me that he gave his only son to die for me. If you, we really believe it, then we would know that God is love and that God loves us. And when we believe that God is love and that God loves us, then we abide in God's love. God abides in us because God is love. And so when we got the love of God in us, our our reason for wanting our spouse to be saved is not so they can serve us better because we want the worship, the praise no because a man who does not love God can't love you like God and so when we learn to love God then we can can love others the correct way not trying to manipulate or control them when we learn to love God then we can love others like God because God's love will be in us and then our motive for what we say, our motive for what we do, will be because of God. And we won't have a sense of entitlement. So love can tear down those idol, idol altars. We need to tear down those altars in our lives. How dare you treat me like this? Where would it come from? I'm not saying be a doormat. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the attitude of it all. Jesus said, bless those that curse you. Why? Because he's telling us, I need you to do to others like I did for you. Do unto others. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And do unto others as we have to do unto you. That's what Jesus did. He wasn't telling us to do nothing that he didn't do. He treated people the way he wanted to be treated. He didn't treat people the way they treated them. He did, because he said, I can come off this cross, really, I want to. He said, no man took my life, I, I freely laid it down, in the same way I laid it down, I have the power to take it back up. I can call down 10,000 angels, they come get me. But then if he did that, what about us? He wasn't selfish. Jesus got, got his father, that was his Lord. He said, I only do what I hear my father, see my father do, I only say what I hear my father say. And when Jesus is our Lord, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And I'll do what I say. There's no condemnation. Hold on. Wait a minute. Because the solution for idolatry in our own lives is by walking in the love of God. Because love is not selfish, love is opposite to evil. And when we love God, we're obedient to God because our love, our obedience, our love for God. obedience to God comes out of our love for God. Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. We're to do what we know to do. He knows we don't know everything. He knows what we know and what we don't but him that nor do good and do enough for him is sin. So in other words, I'm responsible for doing the things I do know because God know what I know and what I don't. And the things that I don't know, those are areas that the devil is able to come into my life because he said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So, we're, you know, those are open doors. So this is why I say we are the main subject of our own life story because we need to do some work on closing those doors, trying to keep the enemy out. Isn't that what we do? We lock our car doors. We lock our house. We lock our windows. What are we doing? We're trying to keep the evil out. We're trying to keep the bugs out. We're trying to keep stuff out. We lock stuff in so we can keep stuff out. So we're the main subject. We need to look at our lives and say, Lord, every day I want to be more and more like you. I want to grow. My spirit is, but I I um, I want to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. I want to grow. I want to take off anger. I want to take off envy. I want to take off some things so so I can put on some things. But, you know, when we walk in love, love is the fulfillment of the law. When we walk in love, when we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what Romans tell us. So when we remember that sense of entitlement, that sense of entitlement. Is, is is an altar of idolatry let's pull down that sense of entitlement after all I've done for them after all God done for you after all God done for us who are we who are we and that tells you too that our motive wasn't right because when our motive is right we don't have a sense of entitlement that's why God said I'm going to resist you I, you know I did a video is God resisting you because what it, what is it? God said he resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And maybe, you know, maybe the devil's in our life because we've been resisting God. And we've been bent on having our way. So the devil's in our marriage. The devil's having his way with our kids. Because we refuse to humble ourselves. We think because we go into the building that makes us humble. No. He said, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Hold on. Wait a minute. Don't go nowhere because today is another day that we get to do things God's way. And all we do is we repent of the things that we did not know. Because God knows what we know. Jesus was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. Because they don't even know. And so this is a message of repentance and destroying those altars in our lives. So the, the purpose of the truth is to set us free from a lie. And I always tell people, Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. And I tell people, the reason it's easy for me to tell people the truth is because I love people for real. And I don't mean the truth in a way to condemn them or crush them or break them, but the truth can correct you and restore you. That's the redeeming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he corrected someone, he did correct them, but he, he, he restored them too. He didn't condemn them because he came to redeem them. But he did have to correct them. Because without correction, we open ourselves up to deception. And the worst kind of believer we can be is a self-righteous one. Trust me, I know. Operated under the influence of that spirit. It's a religious spirit. Who are we? And that's the same way about forgiveness. Forgiveness is attached to pride. Who are we not to do what God to do? Whenever we, ex- I just, I, you know what, I want us to, I want to say this because my time is almost up here. But I want you to think about this that whenever we say no to God, whenever we refuse to do what he said to do, and we know we are exalting our will above God's will, and we have become the God of our own life. So today, Father, we come before you. And we ask that you show us every altar, every idol that we have built in our lives. We ask that you tear them down. That you tear down the altars, the, the, the things, that the, the gods, the idols that we have created in our lives to take the place of you. Some of us have taken that relationships. We've taken our husband and made them our God. We're taking our children. Jesus said it whoever, uh, you know, if you love me, if you love your mother, father, sister, brother, more than you love me, you're not even worthy to come after me. What is he saying? He's not saying you don't love your family. He said if you love them more, because when we love them more, we'll tend, we'll compromise. We'll, comp- we'll We'll put him to the side and we'll pick them over God. Are you picking your husband over God? Are you picking your children over God? Are you picking your way over God's way? If so, that's an altar. That's a golden calf. That's an idol. Do you have a sense of entitlement? Are you you the victim? You have a victim mentality because of what they did to you. I'm I'm not belittling. What I'm saying is don't let the devil take what happened to you and make it about you. Because it's not about you. It's about what they did against you. So we have to forgive them because that's what God said. We don't get to not forgive. We don't get to not do anything that God has told us to do. Because when we do, we make an idol. We become the God of our own life. We we do what we want to do. And Jesus said, Why are you calling me Lord, Lord? You don't do what I say. Going to the building, that's that's part of all I said, but that's not that's not you we worshiping you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me because you're stiff neck and rebellious. Hold on, wait a minute. Don't go nowhere. Because today is a day of repentance. If judgment is going to start, it's going to start in the house of the Lord. So if we judge ourselves. The Bible said we won't have to judge. We won't have to be judged. And I don't know about you, but I look at me. And if we will allow God to deal with us in secret, he won't have to expose us openly. Because God, I'm so glad that he loves me. He loves us too much to leave us in the position that we're in. when people are exposed, trust me, God has already dealt with them in secret. But because they refuse to repent, He already dealt with them in secret. God loves us. And the exposure was not meant to crush you, but it was. It was meant to crush that pride so you can be humbled. But He deals with us in secret. He'll start telling you, you don't need to do that. He'll, He'll he did with you. You get that conviction. You know it's wrong. I, I believe that if we really believe that the eyes of the Lord, if God was, if we really believe that He was omnipotent and omnipresent. We'll know that we can't hide from Him. Running from God is like trying to run from run, running from the sky. The sky is everywhere. You can't. It doesn't matter where you go. The sky is always going to be over you. I'm in the house, but the sky is still over me. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. And when Jesus is our Lord, that's the one we have to bow down to. That's the one we have to say we're sorry to because Godly sorrow our work of repentance and the salvation. So I guess I said all that to say this. Is Jesus your Lord. There's no condemnation because today is a new day and we get to repent and we get to do what God say. And that's what we're going to do here. Father, we come before you again today, this day. And Father, we say we're sorry. We're sorry, God. Show us the idols in our lives so we can tear down those altars. So we can tear down those golden calves. called pride and self-righteousness and entitlement. Because what is it we have that we did not receive? Even the good we do is because of you. Everything it's, it's because of you that we live, move, and have our being. What is it that we can take credit for when our very breath, our breath, very strength, everything about us comes from you? So, why do we feel the need to be praised? Well, I mean, really, God did it, so why do we want the credit for it? Isn't that called stealing copyright? That's why we get copyright, so people can't take your ideas and. Try to make them your own. Well, every good and perfect gift comes from God. So why are we trying to take the credit for something he did? He, it, Everything we have. What is it we have that we did not receive? So all glory and honor goes back to him. After all that I did for them. Well, I say after all that God did for me, Pearlie. After all that God did for me. Who am I not to tell God thank you? After all God has done for me, probably after all God has done for you, after all God has done for me, who am I? You know, the ten lepers were healed. I mean, the ten, as the lepers went, they were healed, but only one came back to tell God, thank you. And God said, what in your ten? Where's the rest of them? He said, go son, let your faith has made you whole. How many times does, God is just constantly, constantly blessing us and doing good to us and most of the time we're not even saying thank you for waking us up there's no condemnation cuz today is a new day and guess what we get to do it when we when we can get off this podcast we get to tell god thank you and father we apologize and we're sorry to you for those altars and the, for being an idol for being the god of our own lives we say we're sorry to you, Lord, for trying to be a God in our spouse's life, trying to make them worship us and give us everything we need. And when you're the only one who can fulfill our every need. Father, we say we're sorry for making our children our God, making people our God, for being men pleasers and not God pleasers. Father, we say we're sorry. We repent to you, Lord. We say we're sorry. We're sorry to you, Lord. And we receive your forgiveness. Because you said if we, if we sin, that we have an advocate with you. you. You're faithful and just to forgive us. And you'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we say we're sorry to you, God. We're sorry that when we put pick fear over doubt. When we doubt you, God. We say we're sorry. We're sorry, God, because when we feel afraid, that means we're not trusting you. That means we don't believe that you love us. Because perfect love casts out fear. We say we're sorry, God, for doubting you, for not trusting you. We say we're sorry, God, for exalting our will above your will. We receive your forgiveness, Lord. And today is a good day. We thank you that your grace and mercy is fresh and new. And Father, so from this point on, we will do what we hear. We won't be hearers of the word only, but doers. And Father, I thank you that this word did not fall on deaf ears. And it fell on good ground heart, Father. And for the listeners today, Father God, I say to you, go and be fruitful. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let your joy come from the Lord and not your circumstance. I'm going to end it here. Father, we just thank you for pulling down those golden calves. We thank you. We call you Lord. Because as of today, Father, we exalt your will above our will. We exalt your way above our way. And we don't have a sense of entitlement, Father. Because everything we have came from you. We thank you for our strength. We thank you for our breath. We thank you for our mind to think right. We won't take our knowledge and make it our God. Because our sound mind comes from you. We will not exalt our will above your will. We will not exalt our way above your way. Father, we will be quick to repent. Thank you for convicting us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, because you say you chastise those that you love. Thank you for loving on us, Father. For not condemning us, but loving on us. And as of today, Father, we will not, the um, altars that we've built in our lives, that spirit of pride, it comes down right now in the name of Jesus. For We will not exalt our will above you. When we read your word and we see it, we'll be quick to do it. We'll be quick to love one another, our spouses, our family, our children, people. Because you said that when your love abides in us, we are convinced of your love, Father. You proved your love to us. I'm going to end it here. Share this podcast and follow me on Spotify. You guys be blessed. Keep looking for the good in your day. So you can see God all throughout your day. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin. with Biblical Principles for Daily Living. Till tomorrow. You guys be blessed. And be so encouraged.